of a, no, you did, huh? You just ran through it all. Give it up for Kenya, you know. Hey, you did that, man. That's my bad. Before uh, we dismiss the kids, though, I, I, I do want us to pray um, over Sandra. Can you do a second? Can we pray over them first? Is that okay? I'm sorry. But I didn't know this. Um, she'd been out for the past couple of weeks. She had a, they don't even know how to describe it, right? They believed that it was kind of a stroke, and then they were like, well, it wasn't a stroke, that it was migraines causing this. Um, but it's, it's really put them in a difficult position because now she's paralyzed in certain parts of her body. They've had her, you know, he's had to quit his job to take care of her, and it's just a, a tough situation. So I want us to pray over him as a church. Anything you want to add to that? We turn down the mic a little bit too. Uh, I just want to thank y'all. Uh, I'm sure you've heard this before. Uh, tomorrow's not promise. Uh, we're here to suffer like Christ did, but we still have to have joy no matter what. Whatever's going through our lives, keep positive. Uh, the enemy's getting stronger and stronger every day. And we believe that Pastor and his flock here has done so much prayers for us, and we just want to thank y'all for everything, and God bless y'all, and and uh, not just my wife suffering, but the whole world suffering right now. So we want to give thanks to this church. Uh, we just started this church uh, back in May, uh, and we've seen the blessings. We're a part of another church we went to for three and a half years. We stopped going because there was no joy, no peace, no love, and we just had to get out of there. And we found this church, and it's been a blessing, so we want to thank y'all for everything. Here you go, Prester. Thank you. Oh, thank y'all. I want us to pray over them, but Calvin, I want to pray over your wife too. She's probably like, what? You didn't tell me this is going to happen either. So Calvin and our family, they've been missing the past week or so because she's been going through her own medical issues. And so if you don't mind standing, man, we would love to pray for you as well. Is there anybody else here that is in need of healing today? It wasn't part of what we were planning to do today, but... We want to stand as a church with you and pray over there. All right, if I get some people to come around, everybody, and we'll pray over them. Father, we thank you for the body, Lord, and just how you call us to do life together and be one. And I think about your word and the scripture that always comes to my mind is you say that a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and make them well. And Father, we believe that. We believe that with our faith, with your ability, Father, that we could see Sandra get up and walk and not be paralyzed. We could see things that doctors have no ways to comprehend disappear. We can see things like the doctor saying that your spine is deteriorating to say, man, it's stronger than it's, it should even be right now. And so, Lord, we are asking for your healing hands to lay upon her, to lay upon Calvin's wife right now, Lord, for you to do what only you can do. And, Father, anybody else that is in need of healing today, Father, you are the God of healing. You are the good physician. And so we call upon the name of Jesus to do what only you can do. So, Father, would you move? Would you move in a way that would shock us all, Father? 
I think about your word and you tell us that we could ask for these things and, and to keep pressing into you. Father, we will not stop until we witness these things, until we witness complete healing in the name of Jesus. And so, Father, I just thank you for the gift of today, Father. Just like our brother said, we don't know what tomorrow leads, but we trust it in your hands and we trust today in your hands. And so help us do a good job of loving each other, supporting each other, of doing life together so we could be a light in each other's life, but also in this world, in this city. So, Father, we just thank you for the healing that is proclaimed over their life right now. Father, we thank you for the way that you were going to do this, Lord. And, man, we just ask that it would lead to other people knowing you and experiencing that same type of love and joy. So, Father, we love you and we thank you and pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank y'all. Son, were you praying? All right. I don't know. See, I got surprises too, Vanessa. No. Gary, are you coming? Yeah, he's cool. Okay, Pastor. So we all wrote on this. We wanted to present it to you reasons why we love our pastor for pastor appreciation. Everybody's family is represented there. Um, and we just wanted to thank you and pray over you and Des for all that you guys do for us. Thank y'all, man. Thank y'all, really. <laughs> so we want to pray over Pastor. <laughs> and thank y'all for the breakfast, too. They're like, are you going to go eat? And I was like, I'm sorry, but I don't usually eat Sunday mornings. I don't want to throw up up here. <laughs> but I will have something. So if y'all want to join me, y'all can come up or just... Extend your hands. Yes. Okay, are we ready? Gracias, Señor, por este día, Padre, que tú nos has dado, Señor. Que tú bendigas, Señor, a nuestro pastor, Señor, y su familia, Padre. Que tú le des, Señor, la palabra que él necesita cada día, Señor, para guiarnos, para instruirnos, Señor, en el camino, Señor, que tú has puesto para nosotros. Gracias, mi Dios, por todo, Señor, por la vida de él, Señor, porque sabemos que no es fácil, Señor, ser un pastor, Padre. Tener el corazón tuyo, Padre, los ojos tuyos, Señor, para ver y para sentir, Señor, lo que tú sientes para tu pueblo, Señor. Te pedimos, Padre, que tú bendices a la familia de él, Señor, su esposa, sus hijos, Señor, porque no es fácil, Señor, ser familia de un pastor, Padre. Es difícil, difícil Señor, caminar, Padre, porque ellos tienen que ser... Ellos son los primeros, Padre, que sienten todo. La batalla, la lucha, Señor, todo viene en contra de ellos, Señor. Pero pedimos, Padre, que tú les des las fuerzas que ellos necesitan, Señor. Las fuerzas cada día, Señor, para caminar, para seguir adelante, Señor. 
todo que ellos necesitan, Padre, en esta vida, Señor, sus finanzas, sus casas, Señor, su salud, Señor, que tú seas, Señor, el primero, Señor, que le des todo lo que ellos necesitan, Padre, que ellos siempre pueden tener sus ojos puestos en ti, Padre, fijos en ti, Señor, porque tú eres el único, Padre, que nos va a dar lo que necesitamos, Señor. No hay nada imposible para ti, Señor, no hay nada, Señor, que tú no puedes hacer. Y en este pueblo, Señor, que estamos unidos hoy, Padre, ponemos manos sobre ellos, Señor, como nuestro pastor, Padre, lo, el que está guiando a nuestras vidas, Señor, a través de ti, Señor, la palabra que tú le das a él, Señor. Te pedimos, Señor, y te damos las gracias, Señor, por todo lo que él hace, Señor, por nosotros. Gracias y te bendecimos, Señor, por todo. Amén. Pastor. Man, thank y'all so much. Just love y'all, man. And with that being said, kids are dismissed. <laughs> At this time, if you would take time to love on each other, tell each other good morning before we get started. Kids are going to class. Please take your kids to class. Take your kids to class. Come on, son. You're getting too big. I can't be taking you to class. No.
Good morning, church. It's always an exciting day. You never know what Sunday is going to bring. Today we know it's Baptism Sunday, so that's exciting, but you never know. The Lord might say, hey, you need to stop and do this real quick. You might need to do that. And we always want to be obedient to whatever God's calling us to do. And that's the thing. So I used to be a part of another church, and a lot of times it was real structured. It's like, hey, you got five minutes, you got 30 minutes. There would be a clock in the back of the room counting down. Sometimes you would feel the pressure of it. You're like, oh, man, I got to hurry up. I got 30 seconds left. But one thing the Lord told me is you can't put a time in what he wants to do. And that's not to say I'm going to keep you here all day, okay, because I'm not trying to do that to you. I'm just saying, you know, I, I pray that you would receive that and you would walk in that and whatever that looks like for your life, that you would make room for God to move because you never know what that's going to look like. And, you know, today's a day of celebration. It's a day of baptism of people walking out of an old life and entering something new, something beautiful. It's exciting. I know a common question that I always get when it comes to baptism day is, if I was baptized as a kid, is this something that I need to do again? I'm going to give you all the answer to it today. Depends. It's that short. Depends. I don't know. It's something that you got to talk to God about. You know, if you came and you got baptized, uh, the Bible says that there should only be one baptism. But when the Lord is speaking this, when the Word is speaking this, it's talking about you making a personal decision for yourself. So if somebody else has made that decision for you, well, maybe it's something you need to explore about doing. If you got baptized because you saw everybody doing it, well, maybe it's something you need to consider doing. If you got baptized because you thought it was going to fix your problems, well, maybe it's something you need to consider doing. But I can't say yes or no to a question that only God has an answer to. But I pray you would spend time with him and you would ask what that is for you, and you would discover that. And what you will find is you're not the only one that has that question or has questions about a lot of things. We all got questions, and it's not something to be afraid of asking about of trying to seek the answers too. I know sometimes, you know, especially our youth, right, they got some tough questions. And I'm like, I'm surely they're gonna, the pastor's going to have the answer to them. And a lot of times I tell them, look, I ain't going to have all the answers, but I pray that you will discover the answers with God because he knows better than I do. And I want that for all of us. And today we're going to read a story in the book of Acts about some people that had some questions or was asked some questions as well. And I pray that more than anything today, you would receive an answer to maybe a question that you have been seeking for yourself. So let's pray and then we'll dive in. Father, we thank you for another beautiful morning, Lord. We just thank you for the simple things that we often overlook, for being able to have eyes to see and teeth to even chew food, Lord, and air to breathe, Lord. We thank you for the place that we live. We know some of the things that we are given in this country and even in our life, not everybody has, not even neighbors down the street, not even people across the city, Lord. And so, uh, man, we pray that we would always be appreciative of the things that you give us, that we would make room for you to move in our life, that we would include you in our life. And so, Lord, as we just meet with you this morning, I pray that we would all find an answer that maybe we've been asking, that you would make it clear to us, uh, that we wouldn't get in the way of what you're trying to tell us, that we would receive it this morning. So, Father, we just thank you and we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
We're going to be in Acts chapter 19. If you're like, okay, what is the book of Acts? Some translation says it's the Acts of the Apostles. Um, but this occurs after Jesus had already been crucified. Okay, they killed Jesus, hung him on a cross. After a couple of days, he raised from the tomb. He spent about 40 days out meeting with different disciples and different people, revealing that he was God in the flesh, that he was alive before he went and returned to be with God. And before he left, he said, hey, man, I want to make sure that you are understanding what is going to be asked of you, that you feel equipped. And so when you get to the book of Acts, you see this. Jesus is now in heaven. He's with God. And the apostles, the disciples are out there living life, and they're trying to lead people to Jesus, which isn't always easy life. And the book of Acts is, is the first collection of finding out what that was looking like for them on this new journey. As before, there was no churches, okay? Churches started getting birthed out of this stuff. Before, they had temples that they would go and make sacrifices. They would do some teaching. But it wasn't like this. This was something that Jesus showed them and taught them and changed the game. And so we're going to be in Acts chapter 19 today because we're going to read a story of the disciple, the apostle Paul, and he's going to come across some believers. And then he asked them a question. It starts in verse 1. It says, while Paulus was in Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior regions until they reached Ephesus on the coast where they found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed, he asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard there is a Holy Spirit. Then what, baptized, what baptism did you experience, he asked. And they replied, well, the baptism of John. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance of sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then when Paul laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So if you have questions about, hey, do I need to get baptized again? You're not alone. It's questions that people are still asking about themselves today. It's questions that were being asked even back then. It's a common question. And you might be like, okay, I, I get some of the story of what's going on. Paul addressed this, and he talked to them, and they ended up getting baptized. That's cool. Like, why in the world does it mention a guy named Apollos out of nowhere, and then just gets rid of him, he's gone? Church, it's something that I really want you to grasp when we're talking about the word of God. It's, it's more than just words on a page. A lot of times when we read things, we just kind of rush through it. We kind of get what it says, but then we move on. The thing about the word of God is it's a living word. And what I mean by that is it's rich in the depth that you can go with it. There's a lot of context. There's a lot of meaning. There's a lot of reasoning behind the people it says, the way it says it, where they are, the time that it's taking place. There's so many different things that are going on. And so every time that you read the word of God, I pray that you will start to see it in a different light, that it will start to reach you in a different way, that it will turn into braille, something that you could feel and start to see. So we read, and Apollos comes out of nowhere. But there was reasoning behind this. You see, if you read the chapter before, you hear about Apollos. And it said that he was an eloquent speaker, that he was going around, he was teaching people about Jesus, that he was real, man, knowledgeable in the scriptures, but he also taught with great accuracy. 
So people would know, like, hey, if I didn't want to learn something about God, about the scriptures of how to live, I could go see Apollos about this. And then as you read about this and you discover a little bit how he is, you see there was a married couple that heard about him. They saw him. They went and met with him. And then they took him to his home. And they taught him some things that he lacked. Because there's a word into that, church. But before we, we even get into that, so we see that he, in a chapter before that he learned some things and he said, okay, now I'm ready to go to the place that I knew God was calling me. And so we just read that Apollos went to Corinth. This was a place that God had been preparing, but Apollos knew before I even go to the place that God has given me, I got to be prepared. I got to be equipped for it. Church, that's a word for us to receive because a lot of times God is going to give you a glimpse of something. He's going to give you a sight of something. And the first thing you're going to do is be there. You be the Lord, that looks good. I'm ready for that. I'm excited. And you will jump the gun and run into it. You do whatever it takes to get to that place. But if you are not prepared, it's not going to benefit you or anybody else. And Apollos knew this. He said, you know what? I want to I grasp what I'm missing so that way I can reach the destination that I know the Lord has taken me. And so we can learn something from him from even these believers that we read about. And it's something that's common with Paul, with them, even with us today. And I want you to receive this today. Is when we remain teachable, we can sustain being faithful consistently. When we remain teachable, we can remain being, we can sustain being faithful consistently. God has a destination for all of us. He has plans. He has purposes. He has a calling. He has special assignments and projects for each one of you. And what that looks like is going to be different from everybody, but he's asking you to fulfill them. But in order for you to get that, it's going to take some consistency in your faith. And the only way that you're going to grow in that consistency is when you remain teachable. So even though we just read a couple of words and it said Apollos and it kind of left him, man, the reason he was saying it is because he was a person that remained teachable and he was able to go to the destination that God was leading him. I said he was, he was known as a person that was well-equipped in the word and teaching. So when that married couple approached him, he could have been like, I know what's up. You ain't got to tell me something I already know. But he took time to listen. He was willing to go into the home. He was willing to be taught. He was willing to be teachable. There's something to be unteachable that's always trying to stop you from allowing that to come into your life. See, a lot of times, like we did today, right? Y'all came and y'all gave me the thing. Y'all prayed for me. Like, that means the world to me. It does. But there's a danger to praise that could turn into pride. And I want you to realize that because we all want affirmation. We all want compliments. We want people that are going to praise us because it gives you a sense of knowing that you're on the right track, right? That you're doing the right things, that you're headed the right way. But you have to be careful not to let it to be something that you desire, that you long for, that you're always looking for. Because you know what pride is? It's a growth killer. And that's what pride will do. It will put a cap onto the growth that God is trying to do. It will put a cap onto who you can become. It can put a cap onto where you're at in this life. 
pride, man. It's a killer. We have to remain teachable. When you remain teachable, you keep that pride in the check. There are three things that I want you to know is going to take you to be teachable, okay? The first one is to surrender or submit. That's the first thing you're going to need. You're going to need to understand, okay, God, I'm coming into your ways, into what Jesus said. Yeah, I might have some experience in this area. I might have some knowledge about these things, but I don't care how good or how much I know. Unless you say so, I'm not going to walk in it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do anything that you say. You have to submit to God. You have to surrender to him. That means everything and all things. And that's tough whenever you have knowledge about something, you have experience in something, because a lot of times we want to trust what we know. And a lot of times what you know, it's really good, everything real seems real easy, but it's not always what God wants for you. You have to submit to him. When you could do that, you can remain teachable. Second thing that you need to remain teachable is you have to remain available. That means you have to be willing to receive. You have to be willing to listen to people. Apollos could have been like, man, I ain't got time for this. I'm supposed to be over here in a little bit. I got some teaching to go do. He said, no, nah, I'm going to go to their house. I'll make myself available. It's just like we talked about this morning, right? Sometimes you come on Sundays, we have a plan of what we're going to do, but God says, I got other plans. We want to remain available to what that is. Because you don't know how much you're going to need that later down the road or how much you even need it in the moment. If you remain available, you'll always be teachable. The third thing to help you stay teachable, stay humble. Humility will keep pride from building up your head. No matter how big it is when other people tell you things, no matter how physically big it is, my sister will tell you I've had a big head all my life. She would tell you that when I was a baby, I'd have to pick my body up first before I could pick up my head. Okay. Church, pride will do you the same way. Pride will make your life harder. Let's remain teachable so we can grow in being consistent faithfully. We see that with Apollos. We see that with these believers. Something else that we see from this, and I want you to receive is we need people who have permission to speak into our life. You got to find some people that you're going to allow to enter in the place that you are in life. Paul was one of those guys. He wasn't afraid to speak something that he knew was true. He wasn't afraid to call out a believer, but he always did things in a loving way. He didn't go around strutting this stuff like, hey, man, you, I know what Jesus did for me. He didn't go around pushing his authority on anybody. He simply went around loving and trying to be truthful and honest with people. We need people that are going to be like that for us. We need some Pauls in our life. Because we got a world full of people. And let's be real. Not everybody's asking for your, their opinion, but they're willing to always give it to you, right? You always have people that are really to give you advice. Ready to tell you how to do something better. You got to be careful who you give permission to speak into your life, into those things. Because not everybody that's with you is always for you. And a lot of times you don't realize that until you come to places like this. When you tell them, hey, I'm going to church, they said, you doing what? I'm going to church. 
hey, I can't come out tonight because I'm going to this Bible study. You, when you going to the Bible study, come to the bar with us. What are you talking about? It would be them same people that said that they love you, they care for you, that start telling you, oh, you're too good for us now, huh? Oh, you don't need us. Go tell Jesus about it. Why are you asking for my help? Not everybody that's with you is always for you. You have to be careful of the people that you give permission in your life to speak into it. We need people that are going to hold us accountable. We need people that are going to be truthful. We need people that are going to love us. How many of you know somebody that you love? You love them to death. But it doesn't matter how nice you tell them things or how much love you put on it. It doesn't matter how truthful it is, they don't receive it. They always think that you got something bad to say to them, that you're attacking them, that you're trying to put them down. And all the time, all you're trying to do is love them. You see, if they're not going to remain teachable, if we don't remain teachable, if they don't have permission to speak in your life, you don't give permission, we're going to be the same way. Somebody that is speaking truth to us, we're going to feel like it's an attack. Somebody that's trying to love us, we think they're trying to hate on us when it's far from the case. I think there's two words that we often get mixed up in this world today. If you look around on Facebook or you just talk to people, everybody's always offended about something. Nobody ever respects each other's opinions anymore. Nobody agrees to disagree nowadays. It's like, yo, you don't agree with me? You hating on me. Everybody's offended. And there's two words that really just jump out to me is criticize and critique. You see, whenever somebody's speaking these things to you, they feel similar because they're pointing out something that got a lot of truth to it. But when somebody doesn't have permission to speak to you in this way, you're going to always take something that was a critique, something that was the truth, has criticism. You're always going to receive it like they were trying to kick you while you were down. They're trying to point things out in you that you already know are wrong. Got to be careful of who we give permission to. We read about how there was a group of believers that Paul came across, right? And they listened to Paul. They got baptized. They were teachable. They gave Paul permission to speak. It led to them getting baptized again and receiving the Holy Spirit. We talked about Apollos, right? He had the same thing, encountered with this married couple. He gave him permission to speak into his life, and because of it, he was able to continue on his journey. He was better equipped for where God was leading him. We all have different people in our life, always willing to speak to a church. Got to be careful of the people that we give permission to. God understands this, though, and he doesn't want us to, to fight the battle of not knowing. He doesn't want us to be left in confusion. He's a God of clarity. He's a God of understanding. It's something I seen the other day. Man, I don't know if it was on Facebook or where it was. It was like, man, we are so quick to hear somebody so we could reply when we need to be quick to hear somebody so we could understand. A lot of times we need an understanding about situations, but instead we're just on the fence and ready to say something back, make a quick remark. Jesus doesn't want this for us. God doesn't want this for us. He always wants us to know how to handle ourselves no matter what season of life we're in, no matter what stage we're in, no matter what battle you may be currently in. He wants to give you something to help you with that. And he talks about this in John chapter 14. 
He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. So he's letting you know, look, I'm your advocate, but I'm going to give you another one on top of this. It will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit. He leads into all truth. The word cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus was telling his disciples this before he was getting ready to be crucified and be gone. He said, man, you look, I'm always in your corner. I'm always going to be here. I'm going to love you. I'm going to help you with this. But even when you don't see me physically anymore, don't think that my spirit isn't still here with you. The Holy Spirit said, man, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to speak everything that is true. So I'm going to help you see things that even you can't see with your eyes. I'm going to help you gain understanding in things that doesn't make any sense. We all need that, church. During this time in the book of Acts that we read, a lot of people were professing their faith. They were saying, man, I believe in Jesus. I believe what he did. I believe that he died for me. And instantly, they were receiving the Holy Spirit. But we see something different with this group of believers, right? They said they were believers, but they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And you might be like, well, I thought... That was kind of happening. You just said that everybody was saying these things and it was happening. But Paul realized something that was unseen, something that the Holy Spirit would bring to your attention at times. He could tell that their heart was in the right place, but what they were lacking was the knowledge to be complete, to be whole. We all need this church. God wants to give us an understanding so we could be made whole. And the more that you read the word, the more that you spend time, the more that you will gain that with him. The more wholeness that you will receive, the more that you'll be able to identify those group of people in your circle and say, you know what? That person really isn't for me like I thought they were. We need the Holy Spirit and God wants to give it to you, but you got to come into complete understanding of who God is, of who the Holy Spirit is, of who Jesus is. It's not enough to know that Jesus died for you. You got to understand that he's a part of God. That through Jesus is the only way. That with his help, you can receive healing. You can pray for things and see things change in your situation. He wasn't just saying things to say things. He's speaking truth because he's like, man, I'm trying to give you the keys to this life to unlock every door that you come across. But you got to understand what key goes to what. Paul saw that they were missing out on something because they knocked the knowledge. I want to read what it says in verse 4. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who will come later, meaning Jesus. The believers, they understood they needed to be baptized. That's why they were already baptized. They said, you know what? I realize I need something other than myself. I need to turn from these things. When you read the word repent, that's what it means. It means you are turning from something that you know isn't right. So they had that part down. They said, okay, I don't want to do these things anymore. I'm going to turn from these things. But Paul was like, man, I want you to unlock something else, though. There's so much more that you can gain when you gain the full understanding of something. We all have the ability to learn, to turn from things, but we need the completion of what God has for us to fully overcome these things. They understood they needed to turn from their past, turn from their mistakes, but what they lacked was something else. 
I want you to ask yourself this question today. Who are you turning to? See, that was the thing Paul was trying to make known. He said, it's good that you got the turn part down, but you need to realize that you need to be turning to Jesus. That's where you need to turn. Because if you're not turning to him, you're going to turn to other things that are never going to help you the way that you thought they were. Even if it's people, even if it's something that professional advice gave you, man, it doesn't always guarantee it's going to work. So when we find ourselves in positions like they are, where we've turned from something, we've got to make sure we're turning to the right things. It's always a huge step to identify things in your life that you need to get rid of, that you need to turn away from. But church, it's just as important that we turn to the right things, that we turn to Jesus. Because if not, man, you're going to find yourself just replacing those things that were wrong with something else that is no better. So what are you going to be turning to? I want to read what it said in verse 5 and 7 again. It said, as soon as they heard this, they were baptized in, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There was about 12 men in all. As soon as they heard, as soon as they realized, you know what? I need to make sure I'm turning to Jesus. It's that simple. Everything changed for them. The cool thing was it wasn't just a couple people that got it. It said all of them received it. They said, man, I need to turn to Jesus. That they need the Holy Spirit's help to be transformed. The thing is, church, too, what we read is the Spirit will be in you. That means everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit's in there. That means everything that Jesus had, all the power he had, it's inside of you. Do you understand the, the power that is within you? You have the power to be calm in the middle of the storm. You have the power to speak life in a situation that looks dead. You have a power to physically see somebody be healed right in front of your eyes. But it's all up to you of understanding the truth, of coming into agreement with the truth, of applying the truth, of testing the truth. It said when the Spirit came on to them, many of them spoke in other, in other tongues and prophesied. And a lot of times, I don't know if you know anybody that's ever spoken tongues, sometimes you hear that and you're like, man, that sounds crazy. That sounds a little freaky, okay? A lot of times we, we think about it in ways of somebody speaking a different language or just speaking in a way that's unfamiliar to us. But God was revealing something as I was, man, processing this, speaking in tongues and prophesying. He said, man, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you start speaking in other languages, not only can it be those things, right? You can speak a completely different language. He said, but it's going to be seen in the way you talk. So if you're a person that used to cuss all the time, before you know it, you're going to not be cussing at all. If you're a person that always speak negative about situations, you're going to see you speaking more optimistic, more positive about situations. If you're a person that can never see God in the middle of a storm, you're going to be a person that says, man, look, my father's faithful. You see this little boat he sent me? You start to see things in a different light, in a different way. It's when you turn to Jesus. It's when you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you 
that you'll keep seeing evidence in your life and your situations. You got to receive him today, church. So my challenge for all of us, it's real simple. It's turn to Jesus. When life is going good, turn to Jesus. If it's going bad, turn to Jesus. You ain't got nothing to praise report, turn to Jesus anyway and praise him anyway. We have to keep turning to Jesus. Because what it's going to do in return is going to make sure that you give the right people permission to speak into your life. It's going to allow you to remain teachable, right? Submitted under him, humble, available. It's only turning into him that you receive these things. We have to keep turning to Jesus. What does that look like for you? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in your life, what's, what's blocking things that are trying to keep you from him. But I would encourage you, give it all to him. Turn to him. Let me pray. Father, we thank you that you make things real simple even though we make them hard. That what you have for us is better than anything we could ask for ourselves or anything that anybody could give us. So help us put ourselves in positions to receive it. Help us make sure that we're giving the right people the permission to speak into our life. And Father, if we haven't given anybody, will we start giving people permission today? Will we identify people that are an extension of you? They want your will for our life. Would you help us remain teachable? Would you help us stay submitted to you instead of quit thinking that we have it figured out, that we know what's best, that we know what's the way? Father, we need your help. Help us, Lord. Help us turn to you. Father, I pray that you would reveal anything that's maybe been getting in the way, that right now in the name of Jesus, you would break down that wall. That you would give us the self-control and the strength to take a step over it. And I keep building up the same thing that you keep tearing down. Father, we need you. Help us turn to you today. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Right now, I want to call up some people that are getting baptized. If you're getting baptized, come up to the stage. And don't be scared, all right? Make some noise from church as they come up here. Come on now. Y'all want to know a cool story? Their family. Look at God. Got Pablo, Valerie. Anybody else, if today's the day that you want to get baptized, that you have never done it, there's no more excuses. Quit putting it off. We have extra clothes. We have shorts. I have underwear. Whatever you need, we have it all, okay? So don't waste another day. Man, you, you need to receive what God has for you today and quit blocking it. And I, I want us to pray over Valerie and Pablo before they go and get baptized and we change out. So if y'all would just stretch y'all's hands out where y'all at, I'm not going to make y'all keep getting up. All right. And if y'all just start praying over them.
Father, you said that when we give our life to you, that you would give us life abundantly. That the things of our past, they stay back there. We don't carry us with them to where you're leading us. And so, Father, I just pray right now that both Pablo and Valerie will leave the past behind, that it would stay buried, that the only thing they would be walking in is the new clothes you've given them, that they would feel your love and your peace everywhere they go, that it would be your Holy Spirit speaking through them, empowering them, that would lead them to every decision, uh, to every action, to everything they need. That we as a church body would love them and assist them and equip them and, and guide them and whatever that looks like. That they would feel your love and presence right now, Lord. That they would feel the warm embrace of your love wrap around them and just wash away every question, every fear, every doubt. Everything that's always kept them from loving and experiencing your love from you. So, Father, we're excited for them. We celebrate this because uh, we know there's a party in heaven. Your word tells us that. Every time somebody gives their life to you, there's a party, there's a celebration in heaven. So, Father, we know that there are millions of people, billions of people up there partying and celebrating this right now. And, Father, may it not just be a moment or a day of celebration, Father, but every day be a celebration for the life that you've given us. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for their obedience. We thank you for cleansing us, Father, of our filth and helping us reflect you. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Make some noise, all. Yeah.